One used to be more than one's an atheist If separation of church and prostate isn't what you think is best They're here to guide your way Cause talking about sex can be scary They're just two gals whose kink is being your missionaries Good afternoon, brothers and sisters Sup, sluts Welcome to the Missionary Podcast I'm Sadie I'm Maddie And this is our mission Hello, Maddie Welcome to the pod. <laughs> you welcome. <laughs> I was hoping you would just welcome me back. <laughs> We're back. It's another episode, another day. We're talking about something that I feel very tied to. I have a hard time separating what it was like to grow up without the concept of modesty. And so I'm very like, what was your, what was your childhood like? lack of modesty no (laughs) not a single ounce of modesty um except for the fact that if you wore spaghetti straps in middle school they would send you home or make you wear a giant men's extra extra large t-shirt over your shirt good to know that was universal yeah it's so fucked up even then i knew how fucked up that was also a sign of the times that it was spaghetti straps Mm -hmm. because that is the era of where modesty was really modest was really not hottest at that time period. You had the low rise jeans, you had those spaghetti straps. Honestly, <laughs> yeah. But I, I'll tell you, I have never understood the concept of modesty. I've never understood it. It's always felt so arbitrary to me. Bodies are bodies. We love a naked body. In my we meaning me. <laughs> And me. Oh, I love a naked body. Yeah. So it just doesn't make any sense to me. Um, but we are going to be talking about modesty. modesty. <laughs> it encompasses garments, a.k.a. magic underwear, as people refer to it outside of the church. Inside of the church, we refer to them oftentimes as just G for short, or G's. Like, oh, I got to go wash my G's, whatever. Are those just underwear? Yeah, it's just, it, we'll get into it. Okay. We're going to get also, into it. We're going to talk about uh, things that will come up that I think are titillating tattoos nail length general grooming which is encompassed encompassed under modesty in the church bermuda shorts don't know if you ever had to wear those of course we're keeping the bermuda short industry afloat the mormon population and i say we and it's never really been me but i did include myself in that group and so we're also going to be talking about beauty standards Overall, you know that one. We all know that one. Oh, I can't get away from it these days. Have you been on Instagram? I've unfollowed many, many, many people on Instagram recently. This is the amount that I'm exposed to. But there's a handful of really uplifting accounts that are body positive and just really interesting stories as well. There's a lot of access also to good through Instagram. As much as most people's explore page is a barrage Mm -hmm. of intensity. I don't want to drag Emrata, but I'm going to drag her. She's making it hard hard out here. Yeah, I don't follow. (laughs) I don't follow. I only follow my friends and, like, fat positive accounts. Yeah. Growing up, we were told that only certain grooming standards and beauty standards were appropriate. Mm -hmm. And... In relation to modesty, which we'll get into later, modesty means different things for different body types. Yep. 
So, for example, you were way more likely to get sent home in middle school for wearing a spaghetti strap shirt if you had big boobs. Mm-hmm. 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 That makes me mad. Used to make me very upset that I couldn't share bathing suits with people because I was like, well, my boobs are just a little bigger, and now it looks like lingerie on me, mm-hmm. quote-unquote. And what's frustrating is that you shouldn't have to bear the burden of something looking like lingerie on you. You should be able to wear the fucking bathing suit. I agree with you. I agree with you. I, if I had it my way, mm-hmm. nudity would be the standard and public urination would not be illegal. Okay. So we were on the same page for a while. <laughs> I've, oh. I've deviated. But I love to watch your journey from here. We can, we can talk about that. We can it talk about me, that another I time. I cannot not think about the Seinfeld episode where Jerry's like, there's good naked... And then there's bad naked. Like naked walking, very good. Naked crouching, not so good. (laughs) That's that's kind of legit. (laughs) So I feel like I fall somewhere in that that camp. A lot of my friends come to me with questions about like parenting, how to approach these subjects, talking to children. Because now that we're all older and we have access to things like social media, you know, there's just so much... uh, new questioning about like how to have your kids look at their body which some of the first ways that they do is in approaching dress and how they get ready and how they're allowed to look in certain places and for mormons there's a handbook so before i was 12 there's a special program just for primary students which i completed you have to do like a variety of different spiritual prompts and things like that then when you turn 12 you enter the youth program and in the youth program there's the you go into young women. So young men and young women are separated. And in young women, you learn the declaration. We are daughters of our Heavenly Father who loves us and we love him. We will stand as witnesses of God in all times and in all places and in all things. That's not correct. As we strive to live the young women values, which are faith, divine nature, individual worth, knowledge, choice and accountability, good works, and integrity. We believe all things. We know all things. We hope all things. And I forget the last. I would probably, if someone prompted me on the last, I would know it. But just know that that was from years of dust. That reminds me of, like, a Torah portion. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So we would say that at the beginning of every Sunday school lesson. Mm -hmm. And in those, what I just listed, those are considered personal progress program. And within that, divine nature is where modesty is housed. So we talk about, like, oh, you're a daughter of God, you need to appear as one. And that's kind of where like the modesty stems from. So who decided what appearing as one looks like? You know, there's there are people who say it comes from divine inspiration. I would say it's probably an elderly white dude. Mm. Well, as is everything. Yeah. There's a general for the strength of youth pamphlet as well. Wow, there's a lot of vocab in this episode I wasn't expecting. <laughs> for strength of youth, includes men and women so those are general dress and grooming standards but let me read i'm just going to read a piece of it because you will it's a pamphlet and in the pamphlet it says never lower your standard of dress do not use a special occasion as an excuse to be immodest when you dress immodestly you send a message that is contrary to your identity as a son or daughter of god you also send the message that you're using your body to get attention and approval Immodest clothing in any clothing is any clothing that is tight, sheer, or revealing in any manner. Young women should avoid short shorts and short skirts, 
shirts that do not cover the stomach, and clothing that does not cover the shoulders or is low cut in the front or the back. Young men should also maintain a modesty in their appearance. No, yep. no specifics. Yep. Classic. That's so fucking It goes classic. on to explain, don't disfigure yourself with tattoos or body piercings. Young women, if you desire to have your ears pierced, wear only one pair of earrings. What's crazy is that these standards are the exact same if you want to work at Disney. Any, mm-hmm. any branch of Disney, mm-hmm. they are like, they just copy and pasted this. Disney and the Mormon church go way back, so they have a deep, deep relationship. The approval portion is mm-hmm. interesting to me. And even, even as someone who identifies as a person whose sexuality is defined by a need for validation from um, straight cis men. But I still, I wanted to flag that because that's fucked up. Well, so it's interesting because it's considered a form of protection, right? So when I did dress modestly, I was like, oh, I'm protecting myself by having having this, uh, I don't even understand exactly. It was more like to keep the spirit around you so that you would always have access to like the Holy Ghost. You'd be like uplifted. Not protected in the sense that you were protected from men being perverts. You were literally protected because the Holy Spirit was protecting you only if you dressed modestly. But yes. So there's an element of both. Yeah, you don't you want to be protected from perverts and things, but you're like, no, like this is a higher law that protects me in ways that maybe I don't know. So it is good for me, and it also lets people know I'm Mormon. Because if you show up anywhere with Bermuda shorts and a spaghetti strap over a t-shirt, people know that's a Mormon person. The spaghetti strap over the tee is like a Utah staple. Oh, you love that dress from The Gap, but it's spaghetti strap? <laughs> Throw a t-shirt under that baby. I, I mean, that is kind of a cute look sometimes. <laughs> so now I'm... <laughs> yeah. I'm so, rethinking everything. So I I grew up thinking this. there's elements of this that are protective. There's elements of this that set me apart and could be perceived as positive. I'm saying all of that because I'm about to just tear all of that down. (laughs) Because ultimately the language used around modesty and around people's bodies is all of shame and making other people around you comfortable. Right, that's why they send preteen girls home for wearing spaghetti straps because they don't want the boys to be distracted. Yeah, it's It's backwards. Again, invented by men to control women. Mm -hmm. All. Oh, this <laughs> shit. <laughs> Not just women, but at this point, every other gen. Yeah. Yeah. Because it is, I'm sure it applies to boys. If boys showed up in a skirt or in a spaghetti strap, I'm sure they would be sent home as well. I don't think a boy, if a boy showed up in a spaghetti strap shirt in you middle school, so? that they would be sent home. No. I don't think they would. I think if, so this is where I think society is still catching. I think if they were masked, they wouldn't. But if they were femme, they would. I think there is still like a level of danger if you're a femme guy. Definitely. I just I wonder. It's hard to know because when we were yeah. in middle school, it was not very different. Yeah. yeah. But I I yeah I don't know. I, you might be right, but I feel like they would. I don't know. I you don't might know. be right because they let our water polo team perform every assembly so like once a month they would just perform in their speedos right and it was a joke and it was funny and it was great mm-hmm. but the, the not not extended <laughs> you can't necessarily have girls be doing sexy dances no. <laughs> in bikinis i remember actually 
this isn't school related, but I was at the beach with some friends, one of whom is non-binary, but is an AFAB person, so assigned female at birth. And they took their shirt off and some fucking beach security man drove by on his little tractor thing and was like, you have to put your shirt on. And my friend was like, well, are you telling any of the men around us to put their shirts on? And I know this is like the oldest story ever told, but it's just true. I could go on and on about how Mm -hmm. bullshit I think it is that men are allowed to not wear shirts and women aren't. I agree with you. I think where we differ is that you would like everyone to be nude all the time. And I'm like, maybe let's all be less overtly publicly sexual. (laughs) Like in this high school scenario, I'm like... The fact that we had these... I'm not saying I even want the girls to dra- dance sexy in in minimal... In, in Speedos, right? So it's like, I don't even want the girls to dance sexy. I'm like, all of y'all are just too horned up and young. You're under 18. Put some damn clothes on. Well, I think... I think where I'm coming from is that because of all of this... The fact that we say that women wearing a tank top is un- inappropriate, we are placing so much on bodies mm-hmm. that makes it sexual it's like a, a teenage girl wearing a tank top is not, not overtly sexual. necessarily overtly sexual but we make it overtly sexual by demonizing it Here's and weird. that's that's my issue just with nudity i don't i obviously don't think we should be naked all the time you know mm-hmm. that's just not practical <laughs> but i feel like we have put so much power on the naked body that doesn't need to be there because it's literally just a body and it's frustrating I like just the fact that I was nannying a 13 year old boy once and the mother I was wearing like a regular t-shirt but it was just close fitting and the mother literally told me that I was dressed inappropriately around her son and it's like okay so what you're saying is actually that my boobs are too big to be around your 13 year old son because if anyone else were wearing that a regular t-shirt that's not even see-through, that's literally just, I'm wearing a bra that makes my boobs look perky under a t-shirt, you are telling me it's inappropriate. And that's, I guess, what I'm saying is that we put, we place so much power on bodies that makes them inherently sexual when they're just not, they're literally just bodies. We all have them. And I, like that experience particularly is a terrible feeling you're given this shame for something you really can't control Mm -hmm. and it's like a different standard especially for women it's just insane there is a part of me though that goes and this is probably why i gave a disclaimer in the beginning like i am so raised with modesty i don't feel too attached to it when i dress myself in the morning but i am very conscious of well where is the line because yeah bodies are bodies but children are children right and we just deem them children into a certain age and it's like on TikTok now you see so many kids 13 and 12 doing really sexy dances in their underwear or in a bathing suit and part of me is like wait (laughs) this should have a warning over it or like something to protect these kids Mm -hmm. and maybe that's a misguided feeling but I don't know because I'm I part of me is still going well where is the line like there is somewhere there is a line Mm -hmm. and we do have places of quote-unquote appropriateness it's just that, for me, the standard never applied equally to men and women. Right. And men were allowed to be very sexual and women weren't. 
and that pressure is insane and it's like i want the pendulum to swing both ways where is the line is an important thought to have because when you get into kids it is tricky but i think talking about the expectations for different genders is actually the ding 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 because Mm -hmm. you're talking about you know girls in bikinis doing tiktok dances but what about the boys in bathing suits doing TikTok dances? Yeah. They're showing more of yeah. their bodies, but we don't deem that as sexual. It's not as sexual. Yeah. So it is, I, I think there's a lot to unpack. Totally. And and it, I agree with you that it is complicated when you're talking about up to a certain age. But I just, I think... So much of modesty is because we've decided bodies are sexual. And it's Mm -hmm. like bodies are actually just, they're more not sexual than they are sexual. (laughs) They're very functional. Yes. They're a SUV, like an all-terrain SUV. They're Mm -hmm. not Corvettes. Not like even a Cor- is a Corvette even sexy? Corvette's not even sexy. sexy. You know what's sexy? A Toyota RAV4. That is sexy. (laughs) Okay. Anyway, Toyota Rav Four. Yeah, that. If your so if good. your body was a car, would it be a Toyota Rav Four? Oh, I hope so. <laughs> Mine would be like a mid nineties Cadillac. Oh, that would be with a, a big trunk. Lovely. Sadie, that's lots of room. I can fit lots of people in there. That's lovely. I love that for you. Smooth ride though. Can't go everywhere, but it's. Pretty but it smooth. can go anywhere. <laughs> Where it needs to go. <laughs> it can go some places. Yeah. I love that. And to anyone listening, ask yourself, if your body was a car, <laughs> what would it be? Comment below. Swipe up. How do Mormons feel about the show Degrassi? Well, it's Canadian, so we hate it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Mormons are naturally very. There's a lot of USA pride with our history. Mm. But that, I, that was I, a joke. Yes. Okay, I'm sorry. I, <laughs> I just wanted to ask because of the iconic episode where Manny comes in wearing her underwear outside of her pants i watched some degrassi because my neighbors had the channel that had it mm-hmm. so was it i like think noggin yes it was noggin they had noggin i my said that was... like i didn't know yeah <laughs> what was it noggin no with uh entertainment there's like a whole we've talked about it a little bit with with the porn episode entertainment has its own standards mm-hmm. of it needs to be uplifting and there's random arbitrary lines there as well. You can't watch R-rated, but you can watch PG-13. And did you know that sometimes PG-13 will have more nudity than an R-rated movie, but an R-rated movie will have one more F-word. Mm. Or like in, in PG-13, you'll see a ton of murder, but it's R because there's a sex scene. Mm-hmm. And so the line is just very blurred. Anyway, so it comes back to this modesty thing where because there's such actual standards and lines those lines are provided mostly by garments in the church because you have to actually dress to wear your garments i want you to explain garments so like why do you call them garments they have a spiritual meaning so before i get into this i've been very much like the mormon voice in this episode but really quickly i want to just give a disclaimer this is one of those things we've talked about before that's very sacred Mm-hmm. So Mormons refer to their garments and care for their garments the way I imagine a person handles their kippah, right? <laughs> sure. You keep it in a special place, I imagine. Sure, yeah. I don't know. So garments are revered, but then they're also your functional underwear. 
So do you wear them all the time? All the it's time, except for underwear. the three S's: swimming, sex, and sweat. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's so you take God. Them off. Mormons really know how to make things fun. Yeah, <laughs> it's snappy. Snappy. <laughs> yeah, they love the snap, and so, I love that. Yeah. So if you're swimming, you're obviously not in your garments. You're in a bathing suit. There's a lot of cultural pressure, though, there to wear one pieces which mm-hmm. I, we can talk about later because that took me a long time to be comfortable in a two-piece bathing suit. so that's actually just a quick question about bathing suits it's okay to have your shoulders exposed and your legs exposed when you're swimming when you're swimming and when you're working out you can wear proper like workout material you can wear Ooh, leggings like, and, and it feels so arbitrary to and me. Like, things that are like uniforms require a certain functionality and so like they make special garments for armed service members so, like, if you are in the military, they make a special type of garment that is regulation for your uniform. Functionality does sometimes override. So, if you're working out or if you work in a position where, like, you literally can't be wearing garments, right? If you're a professional dancer, like a ballroom dancer, mm-hmm. they leave space for you okay. can't be in your garments when you're in your costume or whatever it is. This is very hot-button issue with full circle coming back to Instagram models and models in general because Mormon public figures that become models or Instagram models or bloggers or something that requires them to do modeling of any kind in clothing that's not always garment appropriate causes an uproar. I actually just had a friend, her name's Amber Filler of Clark, and she's an extremely popular blogger and Instagrammer. And she just put out her experience with the church and modesty she put out a blog post about it and most of the blog post was how she felt comfortable modeling in clothes that weren't garment appropriate but that because she would post photos like that people would comment and someone contacted her her in-laws and said you should be ashamed of having a daughter-in-law like this someone who would pose in a dress that shows her shoulders you know photos that she would post as part of her career were very up for scrutiny and she would get messages all the time being like you're a disgrace to mormons because it's one of those self-policing misogynistic rules right because you get it so ingrained that the people who are following the rule have vitriol for others who don't have to Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know because the girls who are forcing themselves to wear bermuda shorts see someone who's happily wearing just shorts (laughs) it creates a lot of tension that way so a lot of my friends, okay. when they first got married, just would go to the gym a lot, quote unquote. Like they would get ready to go to the gym in the morning and then maybe not go all day because yeah. it was so much more comfortable for them to just be in one set of underwear. Because mm-hmm. what happens ultimately, the functional side of garments, is that you're wearing two layers under everything. They're high waisted, thank God, white shorts that come down to like mid thigh. They're tight and they're made of like soft materials, soft breathable materials. And you can get them in different materials and cuts. And then the top is a relatively high rise in the front, relatively high rise in the back, cap sleeve shirt, loose fitting shirt. So that's what women's garments look like. They're cap sleeve and uh, mid thigh. The men's are mid thigh as well. And they look like regular undershirts. And the significance of them is deeply spiritual and personal and sacred in the church. People get their garments when they go through the temple the first time. It's a big sign of commitment. It's a big sign of your spiritual growth. Some people don't let their garments touch the floor. Mm-hmm. And some people wash them kind of separately. Other people, 
there are no written rules about that, but other people do just throw them in with the wash and they're kind of regular underwear and you, you just try to remember them and, and speak kindly of them. They're also promised to give you physical protection. You have a lot of people tell stories. Because of my garments, I made it out of that car accident alive. And so when a woman, like my friend, decides I'm not super comfortable in them all the time and is photographed or seen out without wearing garments, it's a thing to process for the community. Everyone has to chime in, essentially. And so it's interesting, her blog post just basically said, I'm still a member of the church, still really find a lot of value, don't really wear my garments. And that's a choice that I've made. And that's like a huge <laughs> statement. And she's seen a lot of support from it because there are a lot of people who don't like having two layers of clothing. It's in the summer, my, my young women leaders growing up would be like, I only can wear skirts. Because if you wear shorts and garments, you're just sweating. You know, it's just so much fabric. <laughs> yeah, that sounds very difficult. Okay, well, so I just have a quick question. Yeah. You said you get them when you go through the temple for the first, like how old are you when you start wearing them? And do you, do you like buy them at the store? Like how yes. does that work? Oh, this is my favorite. So, well, it's a variable age because you, you go through the temple when you're an adult who is ready. That's kind of what they say. It's usually preparing to go serve a mission. So men usually go when they're 18 and they're about to serve a mission because they're required to serve a mission. So they go to the temple their first time and then they get garments and then they go to serve a mission. Women are not required to serve a mission. It almost sometimes feels like they're asked not to because they're meant to stay and like be marryable for the men. Ah, yes. That old thing. (laughs) We'll go back to that another episode. But women don't usually do that until like early 20s. Um... You can now do it at like 19. It's just not super common. And then, of course, before you go, before you get married. So a lot of my friends didn't serve missions. Some of them did, but a lot of them didn't. And so they went right before they had their temple wedding ceremony prepared. Anywhere between basically 18 and 25 is typical. If you're someone who didn't get married for some reason, which is... (laughs) You're... Which, by the way, is like a disease. Yeah. So if you're right. unmarried over twenty, a leper. Uh, unmarried over twenty-five is rough. Unmarried over thirty is they don't. The church does not know what to do with you. They actually do not. They're trying to figure out now what to do with the amount of over thirty unmarried people now in the church. But so if you're one of those people who did not serve a mission and and is not prepping for a wedding, you still can go. It's more of like a special request hey, I'm unmarried, but I still want to progress spiritually. So, yeah, I'm 30, but I want to go to the temple. And so you just have to ask permission to go. Yikes. <laughs> I can't imagine the face having that a, I'm making. a special request to wear an extra layer of clothing. I understand that it's like there's a, a big spiritual <laughs> aspect to it. It's just, yeah. It's that's and then a lot. When you go to buy them, you go to what are called Deseret Books. And I think you can get them from Bishop's storehouses. But Deseret Book is a Mormon it's a sorry, okay. Bishop's storehouse. I'm There's not a dentist tools. <laughs> There's not enough time in the day to define all these things. So that's where you go to get okay. your sets of scriptures, like the Mormon they're called quads. Like when I went to go get my quad when I turned eight. That's where you got like your C T R ring. Choose the ring. Okay. Like whatever. what are these things? <laughs> okay. Whatever, whatever, whatever. But that's also where you get your garments and you have to have an active temple recommend signed by your dentist. 
saying that you can be there. <laughs> and, <laughs> and and the yeah. Active Temple recommend is proof of your worthiness through an interview. So they interview you, prove that you're worthy, then you can go buy yeah. the underwear and you can also go to the ceremonies that allow you to get the underwear. Can you wear them under jeans? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so because there's different cuts and styles, these are that's where people get creative with kind of getting getting comfy in that world. With jeans, because you see the lines and everyone's jeans, especially skinny jeans, which are the fashion, you can see the line. Like all my friends, you just see their underwear. Mm-hmm. It's on their thighs. Because you have to sleep in them too. Sleep in them. Yeah, so a lot of people just sleep in garments. Like a Mormon household is just a mom with really white long shorts running around in like an oversized sweatshirt. So just imagine like an oversized top and then you can just see these white, sh- they look like white shiny bike shorts. Well, that's kind of like a cool look. Yeah. <laughs> but so you wear the garments and then you put the bra over the garments and some people wear oh them. my some people <laughs> yes so it's multiple layers so the bra goes over the garments and if you're on your period some people do switch to regular underwear on their period to be able to like use pads because you can't use pads in the garments they just don't uh, fit i am i i mean this just sounds like living a, a physically uncomfortable life it's so it's things like this i watch handmaid's tale and i'm like it's the same thing like the the physical act and like the the actual physical thing representing this intense commitment and the sacrifice it's a daily sacrifice yeah really drives home what i would consider like the the brainwashing and attachment because you just do it so much that you're like well not this can't be for nothing even my friends who hate their garments cannot not wear them imagine trying to like seduce somebody no i can't <laughs> this weird thing and it's understood obviously and there's your husband is gonna be aware of what what they look like but um but they're still like a it's not hot no so uh, what's interesting here is like i think this is why i'm so anti just the concept of modesty because there's a spectrum of that mm-hmm. and on that spectrum, yes, it's it's more mild than that, but mm-hmm. is in just our society that is the regular old patriarchal society we live in that's not in the church, there's versions of that that we are told to participate in as a daily sacrifice every day yeah. as well. The whole archaic idea that if you are dressed a certain way and you get harassed you were asking for it that is a version of that yeah and it is putting on a bra (laughs) don't even oh my god see don't even get me fucking started because i will tell you especially during this these covid times Mm -hmm. i have been free willying it that doesn't sound the way it sounds like a, a I different just imagine just these tatas swinging well that's like, what they do i imagine they swing and they're they're i'm letting them hang while they're wobbling to and fro and i free willing it sorry i can't i'm not over it it's still i still i'm imagining tassels i'm imagining a whole clockwise rotation continue imagining it okay I literally said to you yesterday, I was walking around the house because it's been kind of cold. So even when I leave the house, I can still not wear a bra because I'm wearing a sweatshirt. Mm -hmm. 
But I said to you the other day, if once it starts to get warm out, I'm going to be pissed because I'm not going to be able to leave the house yeah. without a bra because my nipples look like googly eyes and they're all the way down <laughs> on my fucking hips and everyone literally looks straight at my chest. It's literally the I'm up here effect. And it pisses me off because I can't go to work without a bra. I can't go like... I can't do anything well, socially acceptable without a bra and people who don't have big boobs can. And how any- much how much of that is practical though? Because it's no, but I'm I'm referring specifically to the not practical side of it. Okay, cuz I was like I've sometimes been cooking and thought like, ooh. What, what yeah, so call? I mean there's some obviously I'm not going to work out without a bra on because yeah. that would be painful. But but I'm just talking strictly in terms of appropriateness. Mm-hmm. And that's just another example. It just makes me very angry because it's fucking arbitrary. These rules that we've created are fucking arbitrary. Yeah. And I'm pissed off that I just have to follow these rules because some white men made them up to control women. That's like the theme of every episode is like these yep. white men made up some rules to control women. I'm going to get a little woo-woo and like weird here too. I feel like modesty is just a way of really cutting corners on all the feminine energy. You're like yeah. just trapping everything into one space. This sounds very woo-woo and I'm aware. But it is like if you're cutting corners around this modesty and, a, and forbidding people from feeling flowy and sexy and in control, whatever that looks like... Mm-hmm just to get into beauty standards a little bit, it's a very, this this also gets me really heated and fired up because the rules that have been created for us about what is appropriate and what we should and shouldn't wear and what we should or shouldn't look like, just beauty standards overall and what our bodies should and shouldn't look like and what our body hair should and shouldn't look like and what our hair are on our head which is also body hair (laughs) should and shouldn't look like and what we show and what we don't and and like even just yeah just beauty standards I this also gets me really heated and really fired up because I feel like attractiveness standards just in general is such just bullshit because I feel like if we all existed in a vacuum without all of these rules, first of all, we would all be attracted to very, to all different types of people, mm-hmm. shapes, sizes, mm-hmm. styles, mm-hmm. body types, body hair, body mods, like, mm-hmm. and if we could just stop telling people what they should and shouldn't find attractive, then we would all be able to feel attractive. Because we all are, that's the thing, we all are attractive. Mm -hmm. Like, everyone is attractive. Honestly, I find everyone attractive unless you're a shitty person and then I think you're ugly. I just wish that everyone could feel free to present themselves how they would in a vacuum. I feel like this comes up a lot, the parsing out of what you would do in a vacuum. Mm Mm-hmm. And what is just so ingrained because we've been told our whole lives. I think that's the tricky thing. If I go on a date, for example, Mm -hmm. I dressed really differently than I would if I was 
being my best self. I was watering down mm-hmm. what I was wearing. I wore like mm-hmm. all black. I made sure I wore a loose shirt because I don't necessarily want my body to be like overtly seen for what it looks like even though I do think that there's nothing more powerful than having sex with the lights on but (laughs) not until you know me a little bit first (laughs) but I I and that's not me which is so interesting I am someone who even if I've always had a tummy I wear a crop top because I think it's hot part of the reason you like it is because it's counterculture so that's why it's hard with the things that exist in the vacuum. But I don't think that's why I like it. I think I like it and I have to work very hard to force myself to wear it even if I'm a little bit insecure about it because I know that it's the world telling me to be insecure about mm-hmm. it, not that I actually am insecure about it. Although in a vacuum, we would all do whatever we wanted. The fact that there are people who have to be brave, make bold choices fashion-wise, even outside of you know, fighting norms, but just like making artistic choices and expressive choices, mm-hmm. I think is cool. How do you prepare well, yourself to like enter the world and be boldly yourself? Well, and also to take it one step further too, if you're like a super fat person, you are literally oppressed because of what your body looks like. Yeah. And that's a whole other conversation. But yeah, like, which yeah. I do think it is. I think that's worth like a full long conversation. Yeah. But I, I, it's all related, my feelings of, you know, I, everyone in my life has seen me naked. I used to walk around in college with my shirt off and just free-willying it <laughs> to around anyone who was there just to, because I enjoyed it. And probably also that was very, to make a statement of yeah. it's just a body. I do think that there's so much power and freedom in letting go of modesty and modesty and beauty standards are so related because of what I've said about modesty meaning different things for different body types and I think probably part of why I embrace the concept of nudity and wearing fewer clothes even if people would deem my body inappropriate for wearing fewer clothing like I part of that is about giving a big fuck you to the the idea of modesty because I think it's honestly stupid it's stupid (laughs) and I don't like that it's connected to beauty because I think the idea of what people find attractive for themselves will always exist like you will always be drawn to a different things for different reasons Mm -hmm. and I will too and there'll be things that you find attractive and like are drawn to and beautiful it's annoying that there's considered a norm and a forced way of being Mm -hmm. like you could argue there's just different like biological set points or something where people are just drawn to something and that's where it becomes tricky yes and where if you're in this world and living in this world is it valuable for you to get your hair cut Or do you go, fuck it, I'm letting it ride? Or like, is it valuable for you to shave your legs? And, or to dress modestly? I think there's some truth to that, but I also think a lot of it is, I mean, think about throughout history, different beauty standards 
Oh, honey, so, don't gotta get me started. I read a biography on Marie Antoinette when I was nine, and I thought that was the era for me. Yeah, they were all but very pale but, and big foreheads, <laughs> and soft all over soft but and that's what I'm talking goddesses. about Sadie is this biological thing to a certain extent is kind of like a sham because because it's fashion because that's what fashion yes. is fashion is always evolving yeah yes and you know body hair too like I I'm definitely guilty of this like I I feel better when my legs are clean shaven because they're smooth and stuff but also I definitely wouldn't feel that way if the beauty standard was to have a shit ton of body hair I've yeah. I've internalized the fact that I prefer it. Yeah. But just because and like I if I don't pluck my eyebrows, I have a fucking unibrow. It looks like one dead caterpillar over both of my eyes. And let me tell you, it was hard growing up in the nineties because yeah. Olivia Wilde was frolicking around on the OC with, with two check marks. <laughs> okay, I just needed to wait fifteen years. But yeah, I'm waiting for foreheads to come back. But I don't think the the biological thing. I think there's some truth to I that. I just will never want to fuck everybody, no matter how kind they are. I don't think individual people want to fuck everybody. But yeah. I think there are. We are probably. This is my. This is my very non scientific theory, mm-hmm. which is that as many people as there are in the world, there are that many people who are like attracted to that kind of person. I just feel like we are told it is shoved down our throats that fat people are unattractive. Yeah. It just is. But I guarantee that just as many people find fat bodies attractive in a vacuum that don't. I know. I think my hang up is in a vacuum because I think it's more like I think people think fat bodies are attractive now. Like there, there's a whole... That's right, like, people do, but they're they, but I think there would be more of them because I think if the beauty standards were opened up. Yes, because I think people yeah. maybe were are born thinking fat bodies are attractive, and then it's shoved yeah. down their throats that they shouldn't feel that way, and then they they've there it's internalized mm-hmm. that they're not attracted to fat bodies. But the dream would be to opening things up, like fashion will swing back and has to. So whatever is cool now, the opposite will be cool eventually. And it has to. Skinny jeans are out. Well, also, once you're having sex, no one cares what you look like. And that's the truth. And you know what? It's like my grandmother once told me. Everyone is the same height laying down, honey. Ain't that the truth? (laughs) I think it ultimately comes down to individual respecting the individual choice. Right. If you're going to wear garments for example i have to respect that choice of of that person and go that's great if you feel really great in that stuff and j crew makes a lot of clothes that are garment appropriate so you look great and that's great for you yes and or people who wear um running you know new balance sneakers with jeans yeah i might swipe left on a dating app Mm -hmm. but i don't judge you yeah wherever you feel comfortable and you feel happy with in the masculinity femininity scale expressive scale whatever it is knowing that there is a group view somewhere in the world and now you might be able to find those people you know i think about my middle school self trying to fit my fucking round peg ass in a square Mm -hmm. world hole and like but don't you think it's getting better 
Probably. Probably. But um, I st- I'm still mad about it. I, th- I think we put a pin in this one and come back to it. I think so, too. I also would like to encourage feedback from listeners, because I know this is a topic that still affects many a, many a Mormon, transition Mormon, intermediate Mormon, ex-Mormon. A lot, anyone on that <laughs> Mormon spectrum will feel feelings about this. So I encourage people to reach out and let us know your thoughts, your feelings, and your experiences. Any stories you might have of your G's slipping out in a place you wish they didn't. I'm a nudist. I'm not really. I kind of love clothes. You look great naked. Thanks. I think everyone does. Okay, Mads, we're coming to the end, and it's a long episode. So for the closing segment, I'm going to ask you what I was asked, I think, by a witch of some kind. There's a story, but we'll skip it. They asked me, what is your favorite piece of clothing? Um, It's hard because right now it's my fuzzy, thick, gray sweatpants. <laughs> Love that. But I would say probably on a normal day, have some I have I, I'm picturing this romper I, I love a romper oh. a, a spaghetti strap shorted romper I'm a little romper I love a romper because they feel like baby clothes to me I'm yeah like, and oh, I'm in a onesie so free you don't have to worry mm-hmm. about anything slip sliding away mm-hmm. mm-hmm how about you I've got this one pair of really fuzzy socks they're um getting a little old now I need to replace them but they're kind of like scrunch they're the slouchy what are they called Mm. scrunchy socks i love those really comfortable really into them i feel like they also count as like a fashion item almost Mm -hmm. so when i'm putting together an outfit i'm like well i can put this on it's a third piece yeah yeah it gives a little balance Mm. i also love the question if you were a piece of clothing what piece of clothing would you be Mm. okay so off the top of my head top of my head i would be like a kimono cape, like a long kimono. That's incredible. Something, it's, it's silky and it's something, I'm just like imagining it right now. And it's a, col- it's colorful. It's got like orange and green in it. Long. It's very Irish. The, no, I'm imagining more like floral, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Long kimono cape. It's so luxurious. Yeah. I That's love that. I'm, That's what I would want to be. My first instinct is a bright, yellow but also faded old crew neck Mm. oversized sweatshirt Mm. Mm. oh god faded but bright (laughs) i know no i know exactly what you're talking about (laughs) it's a type of wash it's a type of wash yeah oh i Um, love that i feel like i could talk about this stuff for literal hours so we're gonna have to we come back to this topic um refreshments will be served in the cultural hall now go free willy and go judge yourselves. <laughs> the Missionary Podcast is hosted by Sadie Blasucci and Madeline Sharton. And produced by Shannon Egan. Original music by Madeline Sharton. Please like, follow, and review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on Instagram at Missionary Podcast or visit our website, missionarypodcast.org. That's right, we're an org. <laughs>